Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. It's my pleasure to talk to you today on um, the I Am series, and today I'm going to be talking about Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you have a Bible or a phone, or you just want to look at the screen, because that's usually easier, and um, we're going to read from John 14, 1 to 14. Um, I'll just read that now. So Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that where I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Jesus, the way to the Father. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things in these because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Wow, so it's, again, quite a strong statement of, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. And I, I find it, it is quite controversial. Um, and you see that more, I think, in the Old Testament, in the book of Acts, they use this um, I, saying, I am the way, as, as part of their following. So they would say, I'm a follower of the way. And if they said that to people, if they truly believed that and preached that, they would be persecuted. Because it's offensive. It's offensive to anyone to say, you're not going to the Father, you're not going to heaven unless you go through Jesus. That's really offensive in this day and age and back then. And in that, that back then, it caused persecution. And we see that in Syria, we see it in Iran, it's still happening. Um, but less so, I think, in the UK. Obviously, we, there, are, there are persecutions going on, but mostly they're in different countries. And this made me think, okay, so in our society, what would happen if you were to tell someone you're a follower of the way? And, and what would they, they ask? They say, okay, what's the way? And to me, it always sounds like some kind of mindfulness thing or like wellness thing. They were like, oh, the way, okay, so what do you have to do? What's involved in that? And you'd be like, oh, so I pray or I meditate. Um, 
I, I've joined a church, I fast sometimes, I, um, I try and be a good person, I give to charity, and they'd be like, yeah, that's, that's really cool, you know, I, I do something similar. Um, and if you look at this next slide, they'd be probably be like, oh yeah, I do this wellness thing, it's kind of the same, I get up, I meditate, I drink a detox tea, and then I, I try and be a good person too, and you'd be like, oh yeah, kind of similar, yeah. Um, and honestly, if, if you ask anyone, even in different religions, they'll say the same thing. Um, a lot of the five pillars of Islam or in Buddhism, it's the same thing. We teach the same thing. It's love your neighbor. It's give to charity. It's, it's all of those things. And you don't need the Bible anymore to tell you that, honestly. In fact, you don't even need another religion to tell you that. You can just go on Google. And, um, and I actually did. I went on Google, I went on Instagram. And I was like, okay, how can I live a happier life? How can I follow a way? And this is what it came up with. Love yourself, do good, always forgive, harm no one, be positive. Great things to live by, you'll agree. Some things are kind of, sound a bit familiar. Yeah, we do that in the Christian faith as well. Uh, yeah, we have those, some of the commandments kind of mixed up in there. And. Um, and, and people can live by these values now. We don't need um, a religion to tell us that anymore. And I find it ironic when people talk about um, the Old Testament and they say, oh, that's just a book full of, full of rules. You know, it tells you all these rules. You know, don't eat prawns, don't have tattoos, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that. And I think in our society, we kind of try and stay away from the rules. We're on the side of okay, you can be whatever gender you want, you can be whatever sexuality you want now, you can do whatever, but actually, we're all looking for these same kind of rules. And I know this because, again, I use Google, and I looked up how to be a better person. And I just want us to have, uh, have a look. These are 42 ways. But um, if, you, if you look on the search results of Google, um, can you just take a guess how many results came up for how to be a better person? Anyone? A million. It was five billion, six million results on how to be a better person. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot, right? That's a lot. And there's a lot there, and you kind of look through it, and, and there's loads, again, loads of good ideas, and you think, okay, this is what happened in the Old Testament with the Israelites. They were asking God, how do we live a good life? How do we be better people? And, and God answered them, because he loves them. He's like, okay, you want to know how to be a good person? I'll tell you. And I imagine if he wrote the commandments now, it would be things like recycle. Uh, it would be like go vegan. It would be, you know, continue giving to charity. These things will help you live a better life. Controversial, I know, you're a meat eater, it's fine. <laughs> but these are the things, we can live up to them, we can try, and, and God was trying to help them. And God being God and being kind, he made it Instagram friendly. He put it on 10 points, 10 commandments to follow. Easy done it, 10 simple rules, 10 values to live by. Um, but as I said before, people look at these values now, they look at the values today and they think, well, I can follow them, I follow them. I don't need God because I follow these values, I can live a good life. Um, and that's a great way for you to live, this is my way of living, that's your way of living. But what did Jesus say? He didn't say that, he said, I am the way. He didn't say, this is the way. He said, I am the way. And what does he mean by that? And he answered the disciples, you can look to the Father. If you know the Father, you know me. If you know me, you know the Father. And this for me was 
an incredible revelation because if you look at anyone, um, if you look, you know, if I want to know Elias better, I look to his family. I, it was important for me to meet his family. It was important for him to meet my family because he wanted to know who I really was. You, people can say a lot about themselves. They can do a lot of good things, but you don't really know them until you, you meet their family. Um, and we inherit good things. We inherit bad things. Um, me and Elias went to uh, my hometown, Chelsea, last weekend, and I got to speak at my dad's church. My dad's a vicar, and we spoke, and it was great. It's lovely. And after the service, this guy came up to me, and he went, wow. And I went, oh, thank you. And then he goes, no, I mean, wow, you are so like your dad. You look like your dad, the mannerisms. Every I was just like looking at your dad when you were speaking. And I was like, okay, thank you, I think. Um, but why, why am I like my dad? It's not because I've looked up how he does these things and I try and be like him. It's because I've grown up with him. I, and some things are genetic, I can't help them. I can't help if my, my nose looks like my dad's or I don't know, even my accent, I, you know, you can't help that. That's just a part of knowing, you know, being one of your, one of your parents' children. And, and I think that's the same with what Jesus was trying to say. You know, he's not saying, I do all of these rules to get to be like God. He's saying, I'm like God because he's my dad. And something amazing I found out in uh, psychotherapy when we were training was that your brain and the way you learn only functions and only develops through love. Isn't that incredible? And knowing that love of your parents. And sadly for abandoned children, um, their brain doesn't develop in the same way and because they haven't had that love. And part of that love is that eye contact between parent and child. And if you look at a baby looking at its mum or its dad, they just gaze at them. They just gaze at you. They can't help. And it's the same with the parent. They gaze at their child. They can't help but gaze, gaze and look and just feel that love and that beauty. And it's amazing to think that God says that's what he is for us. You know, he's our father. He looks at us with that same love. How do, we, how do we know who we are? How do we know we're our father's children? Because of his love for us. How do we gaze at our father? We gaze in worship. You know, even today in worship, we're saying, let's look to the father. Let's gaze at him. And that's how we, how we become to do all these things. Because if we're gazing at our father, if we're watching what he does, then we naturally do the same thing. We don't have to be this person. We don't have to make a list of rules to get to this space. We just are because we've been looking to our dad. We've been looking at what he has. Um, and an example of this is, uh, so on Thursday, I was at my placement um, doing therapy uh, for a refugee charity. And I had a client coming. And she was from the Congo. So I had a, uh, a lady from the Congo come to interpret in Lingala for me. And we've met a few times, we've had a few sessions together, and we were sitting waiting for her to show up, and she never showed up. So we gave her a call, and she said, sorry, I can't come. So I sat down, and we st I started to talk to the interpreter. And we were having a conversation about nothing, I think we were talking about the client, and just our hopes for her and everything. And she looked at me, and she said, you're a believer, aren't you? And I said, how, how did you know that? And she said, oh, I just know, I just know. And and she said, I'm, I'm one too. And I said, that's weird, because I had a feeling you were the last time we met. Um, but obviously, being a therapist, you're not allowed to share your faith. So you, you can't really say it, especially in front of the client. And, and we were talking, 
and we were sharing just testimonies of what God's done for us and sharing our love for him and just, you know, this amazing way of living. We came from very different upbringings. Obviously, she's from the Congo. She was 70 years old, I think. Big black African woman sharing and saying things like, oh, but you know those people that have tattoos. And then I was like, oh, my, my husband has tattoos and he's a pastor. And we were laughing and we, we were different. We had different ways of thinking and feeling. But, but at the end, when she left, she got up to leave and she gave me a massive hug and she went, my sister, my sister. And, and she knew, she knew we had the same dad. How did she know? We didn't look anything like each other. We have very different values and different ways of thinking and of being. But she knew I was her sister because we had the same dad. And so, Matthew Henry writes that this is how you know Jesus. This is how you know the Father. He says, in the light of his words, you will know God as the Father of lights. In his miracles, you will see God as the Father of power. The holiness of God shone in the spotlight of God's life in Jesus. And we see that in, in church today. We see that. We see his love. How do we see his love? When we worship, we're gazing at the Father. We're looking to him for love. When we speak to other Christians and we hear stories of his love, we're looking in his eyes and we're seeking his love. And if you do these things, if you spend time with God in these things, then, then naturally the other things come, the, these ways of living come. And it's not about what you're doing, but it's about who you're spending time with. And I think so many people, when they get to their, their deathbed, they're, they're not saying, oh, I wish I'd meditated more, or I wish I'd done more good deeds, or I wish I'd done this, or I wish I'd done this. They're saying, I wish I'd spent more time with the people I love. And I really believe this is the message from God today, saying that we will get to our deathbed and say, I wish I'd spent more time with Jesus. I wish I'd spent more time with him to really know who he is. And I loved the last um, sermon preachings that we had on, on the character of Jesus. Because if you spend time with him in church, whatever, you get to know him. And then these other ways come, these other works come across. And um, if we look to the Bible, if we look to Ecclesiastes, um, we see Solomon's teaching. And Solomon was one of the wisest men that's ever lived, and he did a lot of amazing things. He built the temple um, for the Israelites. He, he fulfilled a lot of prophecies, and um, he was a great king and a great leader. Um, but he, in, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he speaks about how he lived his life through wisdom that God gave him. He says he worked a life of hard work, he worked, he toiled, um, and he also lived a life of madness and folly. He had many wives, he enjoyed a drink, and he lived both of them out, and he says he did it with complete wisdom, which is hard to believe, <laughs> but he did, he did. But in all of those things, you know, he lived life one way, he lived it really good, and I think in life we, we try, don't we? We try so hard. We can either live, I think there's three types of people. We're either the pers type of person that sticks to the rules, where we're getting up at 5 a.m., we're having a quiet time with God, we're working for a charity, we're, we're reading our Bible, we're really trying hard to, to stick up to those rules. And, and some people are really good at that, they follow through. Um, my sister, for example, is much better than I am. I'd say I'm the number two or number three person. So the number two person is, 
that we try desperately hard, we set our alarm at 5 a.m. and then we sleep in, <laughs> we think I'll try again tomorrow. Or we try and spend time reading the Bible, but we get distracted, the phone rings. Or we try and do this, or we try and do that, but there's just not enough time. Or you're number three, which is like, actually, I don't have the time. I can't do this, too many rules, I just don't care. Drink the wine, eat the cake, you know, life's too short. Why bother worrying about these rules? God's got my back anyway, right? But in all of this, Solomon says, it's meaningless, it's meaningless. Because unless you know the Father, unless you know the Father, then, then there is no other way. And I think we can see that in other religions. We can live by these rules. In Buddhism, you know, it's, it's, it's about what you're doing to get you to the next life. If you've been good in this life, you'll succeed in the next life. In Islam, it's about learning the five pillars. It's about giving to charity. It's about not doing and being careful not to get any sins because that, that will mean if you get a certain amount of sins, you won't get into heaven. And that focus is all on you. But Jesus doesn't say that. He says, I am the way. The focus is on him. And yeah, so we can live a good life. These things do help. But truly, if only we spend time with the Father, then the other things will come. It's that simple, and what a relief, what a comfort for someone like me that, that does struggle. I struggle a lot with trying to be good, with trying to do the right thing, with trying to live up, and as a pastor, I think you almost feel more pressure of thinking I've got to act a certain way, I've got to be a certain way. But no, that's not true. All I need to do is spend time with my dad. All you need to do is spend time with your dad. His Holy Spirit lives in you. So, um, in Matthew 6, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And some of us are in that state right now. Some of us are living in that comfortable state of living a good life, of doing the right thing. Some of us are struggling and not knowing. But if we can live that with our Father, that's, that's all you need to do. And that's, that's the relief of the message today. I am the way. It's not about what you're doing, but it's about who he is. Um, so I'd like us all to stand and I'd like us to think about where we are right now are we the type of person that's striving to do our best are we striving to get up and have that prayer time are we striving to say the right thing and do the right thing or are we the person that's spending time with our father and I'd just like everyone to put out their hands and just, yeah, I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, we just, we thank you. You know, you know us so well. You know and you knew from the beginning of time that no matter how hard we try to live up to the law, it doesn't mean anything if we don't have you. Lord, we thank you that you loved us so much that you died on the cross. You died for every single person here. And that love is all we need to live. That love is the only thing that matters. 
the only lasting thing we have is faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of all these things is love. So I'm just going to ask the worship team to come up. And I just want us to soak in that love right now. And as we worship, if any of you feel that is, you are struggling at the moment, that you are striving, or that maybe it's finding it hard to believe that you can be loved that much, that you can love so much that it's easy to, to gaze at the Father in love and wonder like a child. Um, and if that is you, I just ask you to come forward to, for prayer while we worship. Um, and I, I just pray for the Holy Spirit to work in us during this time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.